welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking on a Monday. We're rescuing it from the daily grind with red lips and no jumpers. I'm your host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and I am joined by Shay Elliott out in Washington State of the Elliott Homestead. Hello. Hello. I'll tell you one thing we're not rescuing on this podcast. Anything technical. Technical problems. (laughs) I told Angela, the irony is that we're, you know, trying to create this beautiful peaceful space where homemakers can come and have a community and be inspired to do beautiful things in their home and go about their good work with a positive attitude. And we are spitting nails every week before we push record. By the time we hit record, (laughs) it is so true. This is you. This is literally uh, the max of our abilities. This right here. Patrons, you're seeing the video form of it. We've hooked up special cameras so it looks nicer than like your standard computer camera. We've got microphones, headphones, audio recordings like this is it. This is the very best we can do. (laughs) It is so challenging. We just every time like we think like just now, like you had your issues and I'm like, I'm good. I'm over here. I'm ready. I start talking. No sound. So. So yeah, welcome to Homemaker Sheep, welcome. where we don't know what we're doing, but we we ask you to join us <sighs> every single week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> today's show <laughs> is brought to you by the Old World Design Society, run by yours truly. Friends presale has begun. The spring session officially begins April 16th. I waited till after tax day so we could sort of get over that hump and then start the the spring session. But pre-sale has begun and this new issue features two brand new homes that will inspire you all spring. Three new recipes and more print versions are limited. So visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. And here is what lovely people are saying. One member says that she's found her people. Another says the Old World Design Society is more than just a magazine. It spurs imagination and the group is a brilliant source for collaborations. Members say they feel a true connection. And one husband even chimed in and said that his wife being a member of the Old World Design Society has truly added value to their home. So you will receive a magazine publication, print or digital, and have access to an exclusive group where we do an in-depth study of an artist. We share our design ideas, our vintage treasures that we've found, dilemmas, etc. So if you love chateaus and cottages and all things in between, join the spring session right now because the print version will sell out. Oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. I would love to have you as a member of the society. Today's episode of Homemaker Chic Podcast is also brought to you by our beloved American Blossom Linens. Established in 1899, American Blossom Linens is an all-American company that turns organic, Texas-grown cotton into old-fashioned, dye-free, chemical-free sheets and linens. I went on their website, actually, to look at their blankets, and there is a review on there, and it's called, quote, I sheet you not. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. And this, I wanted to read this review because I thought it was so good. Okay. So here's what it said. I sheet you not. Honestly, I have searched a long time for sheets that not only have a certain feel, but are made in the USA. My search is over because of the fantastic product produced by American Blossom Linens. These sheet fit 
These sheets fit and hug the bed, which means my husband, a restless sleeper, can't untuck the fitted sheets. There's extra length and width to the top sheet, and even pillowcases are just a little bit longer. I love that these sheets are crisp and heavy, but with substance, not so much with weight, so much so that I bought three more sets, one for each of our married kids. And did you guys know you get like extra pillowcases? You know, little bonus for you. Worth every penny. These sheets feel fabulous on your skin. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use the coupon code HomemakerChic20 to get 20% off your sheet or blanket purchase. Boom. 20%. That's a lot. That's a that's You're a welcome. good code to remember. HomemakerChic20. <sighs> Why? Ugh. I love this podcast. I, <laughs> I love when we get to this point of the podcast and to this right? point of the recording session. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, you just kind of have to shake off all that, all those plugs and focuses and it's audio true. levels and everything. It's true. Like and that. I'm actually just really... And you keep freezing. So there's that. But your face looks lovely. It's like you have some sort of a, a filter on, but I know, I know. you just... Rocked the lighting on your camera. Yeah, I, well, I have a little soft. I have hung my canvas in front of my window because the sun, you know, it's just shifting where it is so much this time of year. And so I had to block it out. Although my hair looks red. It's not red. So, yeah, there's a little it hue. Does. Well, your face is a hue issue yeah. going on here. Um, I'm excited to talk to you because we're going to be talking about the spring garden today. When we do our quarterly or like our end of season calls with our patrons, we always ask them, what do you guys want to hear us talk about next season? And resoundingly, it's like, remind me that we're all homemakers and let's talk about garden stuff. Now, I know not all of our listeners are garden gardeners, but even if you're not, just listen in on the conversation anyway. Go iron your tablecloths or wash your dishes you can kind of get into the mind of a gardener, which I'm sure is something you've always wanted to do. Always, <laughs> for sure. Oh, okay, I'm going to do something else technical. You're going to love this. I'm going to click my okay. mouse because my computer's freaking me out. Okay. My little bar wasn't moving across to uh, follow mm. my speaking. I had to make sure we were on point here. And um, I'm about ready for a glass of wine, but it's a, it's it's a, a little, little early. early today. We're recording... Yes. We're recording in the morning today, so there will be no consumption. Yes. I'm just going to uh, get lip gloss all over my okay. beautiful little Cafe de Monde coffee okay. mug. But <laughs> on that, on that, on that note right. of not knowing whether I was recording or not, would somebody cue the bloody <laughs> wine music? You. <laughs> we'll just be talking about the wine that we'll be consuming later. Yes. Our wine segment is brought to you by Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farm Wines. So memorize this, dear friends. Dryfarmwines.com, homemaker chic. It is that simple. Dry Farm Wines is a fabulous online company that will ship you organic, naturally yeasted, old world, family grown, no garbage wines from all around the world. This wine is grown and bottled to help you tap into life and celebrate it. So what Shay and I are committed to doing uh, when it comes to drinking wine is just shedding that like Chardonnay all day, girlfriends getting together and buying a cheap cardboard box of wine. 
that's just full of sugars and nastiness. And we would like you to skill up in the wine department and join us in drinking Dry Farm because there are 76 ingredients that don't have to legally be listed on your wine label. There is no GMO yeast in our glasses and there is no purple dye. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so I think um, who's asking okay, you who can today? ask me because I've got, I've a got wine, a wine ready. ready too. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, then I'll do okay, my Thursday. I actually, well, it's kind what of boring you? because it's actually the same wine oh. that I was drinking last time. But it's really well, that's good. lame. So you asked me. And I got another bottle because I just got my order a couple days ago. And so it's that Sauvignon Blanc that I had before from Germany. The one with the snail shell fossil thing on it. Mm. Facilis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like cooking so much seafood. Right now, I just came back so incredibly inspired from our trip to New Orleans. And so Stu's like, are we ever going to like have red meat again? I was like, not for the foreseeable future. (laughs) I know I have four freezers full of lamb and veal, but like put that aside. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I actually have ordered oysters that will be coming this week. And I have my, have you ever heard of, oh, what's it called? Hold, please. Uh I'm totally drawing a blank and it's making me so crazy. So I have seafood delivered to me every month from an Alaska fisherman owned co-op and there's this fish and it's so incredibly buttery and good. And it's a really good substitution for catfish, black cod. That's what it's called. It's called black cod. There you go. Anyway, we don't have a lot of catfish up here in the Northern state of Washington. And so I've been eating a lot of black cod lately to get my kind of catfish itch scratched. And it's really, really good with this Sauvignon Blanc. So this is what I've been drinking as of late. So yes, all the seafood, all the Sauvignon Blanc from Dry Farm Wines. And I'm a happy lady right now. Yes. Uh, Tonight on YouTube, I have a... New Orleans seafood inspired video myself. Oh, yeah, do you? it is. Oh, it's just fun. been a lot of white wine and seafood around here as well. I don't want to yes. leave that space. I don't want to leave that space yeah. either. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's very fun. So that is what I will be sipping tonight. And dare I say, listen, don't judge me, you guys, because some people drive nice cars. I order seafood. OK, so what I'm going to say sounds extravagant, but bear with me. I'm getting crab legs also this week. Because my co-op offered them. They're like, hey, do you want some crab legs? I'm like, yeah. As a matter of fact, I really, really do. Yes, I do. (laughs) I would. My vehicle has rust all over it. It's pretty common in the Midwest with the salt on the roads. Do you guys have? Sure. uh, Like down here. Oh, over over here. It's a thing to like go down south and buy a vehicle and drive it back. So you can get one that doesn't have rust like in the undercarriage or on the bottom of the doors. Oh, interesting. Um, Matters. Doesn't matter. I actually prefer that Joel keep it cleaned up. But yes, I would much rather spend money on food than a car payment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Point A to point, a to point B. Nobody yeah. cares. Or eating good food <laughs> every yeah. day. No, totally. A few times a week, whatever Absolutely. you can. Yeah. And that's why we drink Dry Farm Wines, ladies and gentlemen. So do visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Use that link because you'll get a penny bottle in your first order, which means you get an extra bottle for just a penny because they can't legally give it to you. So they charge you a penny 
dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. But whatever it is you're sipping today, I sent an SOS for a honey brevet, which apparently is my new drink of choice, which it has been for years. But then I was like, mm, maybe not drinking a cup of half and half would be better for you. Weight wise, if this is something we're going to keep in check. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, no, it's Who fine. Cares? We'll just go through a little season of drinking half and half. So hopefully that will arrive. But whatever it is, tea, coffee, wine, Pellegrino, pour a glass, belly up to the bar with us because we're going to deep dive into the spring garden today. That's where we're going. And I'm really, really excited to talk to you, Angela, because you and I have both had and just an incredibly busy week. Uh, I mean, we went to New Orleans. We came back. You know, I had a kind of a weird week with the funeral for Danica. Mm-hmm. It was just very, very out of normal <laughs> parameters. And then went right into last week, which was just, dare I say, balls to the wall. And for those of you who, who may be a little new to the podcast, Angela and I are both working moms. So we're both homemakers. We're in the home all day, homeschooling the kids, cooking the meals, milking the cow, tending the farm. But we also do a podcast. We both run YouTube channels. She runs the Old World Design Society. I run the cooking community. There's a lot of irons in the fire. And it feels like it can be so easy for the garden to just get pushed aside, right? And then, of course, conversations with your best friend about the garden can get easily pushed aside when you're just trying to make deadlines and respond to emails. And anyway, I'm very much looking forward to hearing what's going on over there. Well, yeah, because I don't great state. I don't think we've hardly taken a breath since the, our planes landed. No. And we really no. haven't talked about the garden. So it snowed yesterday. So there's that. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I don't know if I'm the best person <laughs> for this episode. I know. No, things are coming up and uh, I'm busy in the greenhouse and it's it's wonderful. So. Mm-hmm. I dare I say this has been my best year by far in the greenhouse. And here's something interesting. I know not, I say greenhouse, it's a cold frame. Mm. It's literally a two by four, you know, structure with like greenhouse plastic on it. It's not heated. There's no electricity out there. But I have been able to get through this stage of spring without using my inside grow lights at all. Oh, do you ever do this? So last year, it was just brimming. You know, I had this kind of grow rack Mm -hmm. that I actually talked about on the podcast last year, but it's just like one of those industrial shelves you can get from Costco Mm -hmm. and it had the lights above each shelf. Yeah. So I would grow all my stuff in it. But now I've just kind of, I've kind of just taken the bull by the horns and decided instead of doing that, I'm going to take all the veg outside during the day and then bring it in at night. Okay. So like peppers, tomatoes, eggplants, even these heat-loving things in the cold frame, in the greenhouse, it's warm. It's nice. It's, a, you know, balmy 65, okay. 70 during the day, which makes these things very happy because I've realized like there's just no substitute for real sunlight. I hate grow lights. I have yeah. tons of them. Uh 
the crazy thing in my situation is the front of our home is two stories of greenhouse and there's about a half inch in between each plank because that's how the air circulates in our home. Weird thing. For those of you who have no idea, don't don't even bother to, to understand. It's just bizarre. But my bedroom is on the second level of the greenhouse, as you know. And so then when I use the grow lights, that light comes through the floorboards oh. and I can't handle it. Like I have to wear a sleeping mask. I'm always like throwing a blanket on the floor. It drives me bonkers. Mm, so you are schlepping everything back in the house in the evening? Yep. Oh, that's Which, impressive. Not that big of a deal. I That's a big like, deal to me. I, I get like all mm, – I don't even like hardening yeah. things off, the back and forth of the, the hardening off. Yeah, but when you see how happy things are, it's like, oh, the sun just does such a good job. I mean, yeah. for example, peppers – if you guys have never grown peppers, we have an incredible climate for peppers here because we are hot and dry mm-hmm. and peppers really like this. But I have to start them about eight weeks before the last frost, which is fine, but that's a lot of growing. They need light yeah. to, to grow. And a lot of times by the time you go transplant them out in the middle of May, they're leggy and just sort of sickly looking. Mm-hmm. And part of this is probably not potting them on into a bigger pot like I need to do. Keeping them in the cell trays, is, they're just not big enough yeah. for that. They need more nutrients than mm-hmm. that. But the other part of it is just not – think about it. If it's inside under the grow lights, it's going out after eight weeks, nine weeks, and it's never seen the real sun. Yeah. See, I have a ton of Whoa. sun, but also because our spring is so delayed, I have a lot of cloud cover. So I supplement right. with the grow lights because there's a lot of days like today where it just looks like it's nine o'clock at yeah. night all day. So, yeah. If you don't have listeners, if you don't have a greenhouse or a cold frame and you're kind of wanting to get into gardening, there's some really, really simple like little homemade cold frame that would do the job for you. So the, my favorite ones are the bales of hay and then they just put an old window over the top. Mm-hmm. So the bales of hay are kind of the walls, yep. right? And then you put your little seeds or your little plants down inside, and then you just put an old window over the top. And it's essentially the same thing. It's just a little bit of protection from wind, from chickens, from children, um, from some of the edge of the cold. And it can just really, really help get the seedlings off to a much better start. But um, I find hard as it is to be like schlep back and forth every night it's still so much more enjoyable to me than having them in my basement under oh yeah lights. oh that's right they were in your basement yeah that's not that doesn't give you any warm fuzzy gardening it doesn't vibey give me any feelings warm fuzzies. no no i get nope. to go out like in this my garden my greenhouse space um it gives me all the feelings we have a new sink out there i have a new uh workbench and mm. just the terracotta is stacked it just has that vibe that you want to feel yeah. just like your greenhouse does, you know? Oh yeah. Makes you, I still, yeah, still work to do in mm. there. But so do you remember me saying to you last year, I was just, just so fed up with the state of the garden. I was like, I don't even care about vegetables. I'm only going to grow flowers. Yes. <laughs> vegetables are stupid. It's like you, but you like, it, <laughs> that, and that, that was a huge change because at the beginning with COVID you called and you, you yeah. said, are we being stupid, should we not grow flowers this year? Like, I know. is the world well, going to implode? Should we only grow veg? Nine <laughs> weeks later, I'm sick of this. <laughs> like, I'm just going to grow flowers. 
It's true. It's really true. So part of that we've adjusted with garden setups, but, you know, part of it I've just adjusted with my attitude and realized, A, you don't have to grow everything. B, you should you should really grow things that you like. And gardening is one of those things where, frankly, the better you are at it, the more fun it is. Yeah. Like, it's not fun. To fail. To put all this effort in right. and to fail. Yeah. It's uh-huh. not And I think that's where a lot of gardeners get stuck. But what you don't realize is like we all went through those stages and then we just took a lot of bubble baths and just binged gardening videos or gardening classes or read gardening articles and like basically just put our hand to it over and over and over and over again. And so I think that's what makes this year so encouraging is that I have spent all winter instead of doing all the interior projects I wanted to do. All I did was watch gardening videos Study. and read gardening books, uh-huh. you know, and not flowers like vegetables. Right. Monty Food. says, uh, you know, you're any time spent amending the soil is never wasted. And I would say the same mm-hmm. for studying gardening mm-hmm. because you never know every book, every magazine article, every YouTube video. You never know when you're going to come across one tip that's going to take that one problem that you were trying to troubleshoot. And just turn it in another direction. You know, it doesn't just happen. There's a reason that people can grow amazing veg. There's a reason people's gardens look the way they do. I've had people say, well, your garden looks at, you know, you must not have a lot of weed seeds in your soil. Or (laughs) I got up at six and crawled around in the dew and got soaking wet and pulled them out 10 times this summer, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't just happen. <laughs> Gosh, it's funny. Um, it's funny to me yeah. because people who say things like that aren't paying attention to the world. It's like, oh, it just must, everything just must be easy for you. Well, I just think it's, is that the way it works? I think that, I think it's very easy to look at uh, somebody who gardens well, and I'm not implying that I garden well, but, and, and just think that there, there's some secret. Yeah. It must have, yeah, and easier. Maybe they didn't have construction soil, or maybe I don't know. Whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. Just not. It's usually just not the case. No, usually not. The I case. pull a lot of weeds. Um, like, holy cow! Oh yeah, oh yeah. But yes, the the tears shed over the failure. It's just like anything else. You have to go through it. it you're oh, yeah. if you are going to begin gardening this year, or maybe you're two years in. It's. It's you're just going to yeah. get better every year, and any time spent true. studying is a great investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to share a story that sort of relates to what you just said. Um, our very first farm that we lived on, it was winter one year, and we had our small herd of Katahdin sheep, and we had this ewe. Her name was Rosie, and the sheep. You know, it was a rental farm. Things weren't ideal. They didn't really have a shelter. You know, for the most part, they were kind of on rangeland, and you know, it was okay. It worked okay. It was a it was a stepping mm-hmm. stone into our farm. So we had this herd of sheep. It's the middle of winter. There's this horrible storm, and I go out there to check on them just to make sure we you know we put down a bunch of bedding and yada yada. Rosie has had a lamb. Didn't know she was pregnant. 
didn't know how to identify, oh, that's a you who's about ready to give birth, Mm -hmm. which I can do like at the drop of a hat now. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. I didn't have that experience. So she ends up dropping the lamb on this on the ground in the cold. She's her first time. First time, I was going to say. And she's, yeah. And she's not a great mom. I mean, we've since gotten rid of her because she just wasn't super good genetically. Mm -hmm. um, Didn't have a great personality. Wasn't a great mom. Anyway, so she's not really doing what she needs to do with this lamb. So what I do then, just being inexperienced, is I take the lamb inside. I clean the lamb off with a bunch of towels, which... If you have livestock, like that's a no-no because the mom has to take to it. Mm-hmm. The she needs to clean it off. And she probably would have. Like I didn't even sit and observe. I was just like, oh, here's a lamb. It must be cold. Let's take it inside and wipe it off. Put my kid's smell all over it. Let's hold it. It's so cute. <laughs> oh. And then I make another terrible mistake uh, because with livestock, separation is death. Mm-hmm. And so I take Rosie away from the rest of the herd. I put her with this lamb and this little pin. And I'm like, you're going to love each other. Um, long story short, Pocket is, was this lamb's name. Pocket died because, because of said failures on my part, primarily. And I remember just weeping. I actually hit the ground on my knees. And I was just like, this was like the one loss I just feel like I couldn't take because here I am trying to be a farmer, trying to get this thing off the ground. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a massive kick back, like get to the back of the line. You don't belong here. But I'll tell you what, the next time we had a lamb, I had written myself notes like you need to remember this. You have got to you have to remember what caused this failure so that you don't do it again. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like a really dramatic one, but gardening is the same way. Like, have you ever planted things out too early and you know you shouldn't, but you're like, oh, but it's a nice day. And then a windstorm comes or a hailstorm comes. And like, yeah, if you would have just waited a week, like, you know, you should have would have been fine. Yeah. That's never, ever worth it. Planting stuff out early. It's the worst. Mm-mm. It's the worst struggle for a gardener, uh, you know, in a a four season climate or something, you know, where it frosts, and it's the worst because you just have those deceptive days in a row mm-hmm. where it's good, and you're like, it's over. There's no chance of frost. Nothing could go wrong. I have I have killed many a tomato. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And had to run to the hardware store for some crappy variety after all right. that work, you know, of yep. tender, loving care. And then I'm like, hey, go die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Peppers seem to be my nemesis with that because <laughs> tomatoes like it hot, but tomatoes are also a little bit more resilient. Peppers, not so they much. don't grow like a tomato. They don't have that vigor. Like you've got to love them yeah. to get them to do what you want them to do. And every year for us, it's not usually frost, it's wind. Yeah. Comes through. I don't know if you've ever seen a wind blown pepper, but all its leaves get all like, <laughs> right? They look sad. Do you remember? It looks so sad. Speaking of failures, okay, so before we moved to our farm where we learned to homestead, I did the same thing. Like for five years before we moved to a farm, I studied, I read, I gobbled up everything that I could. 
And by that point, I was a pretty good gardener. I had been gardening for probably, I don't know, 15 years at that point, 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. But I had never heard of juglone before, which is a chemical that uh, black walnut trees release into the soil. Oh, I didn't know what its name was. I believe was. it's juglone. pronounced juglone. And there are some, there's a variety of trees that, that do that. Black walnut is the big one. So okay. we move, we work on this farm for six weeks before we move in. It's a rental. We have permission. We've talked about that on the show, our rental properties. We have permission from the landlord to just go to town. We're, we dig huge gardens. We're composting. We're laying cardboard. We're going to the local horse farms and like Rubbermaid container after Rubbermaid container after Rubbermaid container. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, just that backbreaking oh, yeah. when you're brand new to it and you just go, I got five, four kids in the truck. I'm pregnant. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Garbage cans full over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Got it. It has a, a wraparound porch with southwest exposure. I'm growing pepper. It's just charming. I am living my best wannabe homesteader life. I wait. I put everything in the ground. Nothing grows. By and by, nothing falling under the category of cukes, tomatoes, peppers. They're just like they won't grow. It's like I'm in the twilight zone. And if they do perk up for a few days, then two days later, they're like, (laughs) and then they kind of come back and you're like, okay, now, now we're growing, you know? And um, I was just, I would just hop on Google at night in tears. Like, what is wrong with me? I can grow a tomato. And finally, I stumbled upon an article that that told me about these wretched trees and the entire property was covered in black walnut. And it's like a 50 to 80 foot perimeter around each tree that the soil is like trashed. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to your new rental farm where you're going to be stuck for five years. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. I I just and I just felt like a total fail. I cried. I just felt like a total failure. And then we ended up building a ton of raised beds. It was still bad, though. Yeah. If, if rain, it's like so potent that if rain drips off the leaves onto the soil, like into a raised bed, it will oh, that's just affect horrible. it. Horrible, yeah, it's so horrible. So if you are property shopping, do not buy a farm with black walnut trees for the love. Because if you cut them down, it makes it even worse. The roots rot, and it releases even more into the soil. It's oh like, my word. It's That's terrible. Horrible. And it was really popular for farmers to plant back in the day because the wood was valuable. Then they would sell it, mm-hmm. you know, for rifles or whatever. But Does it affect flowers too? I don't remember it affecting or- any flowers. It was okay. it was cucumbers and like zucchini did fine, but a uh, cucumber, no. Tomatoes mm. and peppers were the big ones. Mm. And I, the list is long. There are other things, you know, so like yeah. Google it. Jug loan. <laughs> Oh, that's so terrible. Oh, it was bad. I actually remember that. I remember that phone call. <laughs> I remember that phone yeah. call. It's pretty bad. It was bad. <laughs> Point is, there's there's lots of bad. Uh, but that doesn't mean- We're so encouraging. Hey, I know. why don't you try gardening? Hey. Call us in a decade. <laughs> there's that really good Parks and Rec episode where 
Leslie Nope. Do you ever watch Parks and Rec? Mm-mm. I don't know if we've ever Mm-mm. actually. Okay. I love Parks and Rec. So Leslie Nope was like talking about the divorce rate and how even the people who don't get divorced, she's like 50% of people get divorced and 50% are unhappy in their marriage. And then she stops and she smiles and she said, it's all bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things we say in our house a lot. It's, it's all, all bad. bad. Um. Actually, it's not all bad because Stu just bought me another coffee, which you can see my hands are shaking. I see that. Probably had a lot of coffee. Um, Update for all of you who are interested, because I know you're all on the edge of your seats dying to know. What is this? The market garden is going great. This whole no dig concept is just, woo, skirts are flying up all over the place. It's amazing. (laughs) Shander skirts. It's going great. And and to top it off, I call it cluster planting, which I've been slaughtered on YouTube for. I don't care. I can call it what I want. Charles calls it multi-sewing. Multi is a hard word from my mouth to say. So I call it cluster planting. <laughs> we talked about this, so I won't totally go into how you do it again, but it's essentially starting things inside. So somebody asked me about this. Okay. And and this is interesting because you have always started your beets inside. Yeah. I have always direct sown my beets, meaning I plant the seed out into the garden around this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I would plant them in these big, long rows. And it was it was fine enough until your cedar broke or you didn't have a cedar or, you know, one mm-hmm. of those things. Well, Charles encouraged me to start all the things inside. In fact, the only thing that he direct sows are carrots and parsnips because those are – Tap roots, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They don't transplant very well. So things like radishes and lettuces and salad turnips and beets, all these vegetables I would have direct sown. And I would have been like, why on God's green earth would you make more work for yourself mm-hmm. and start them in the greenhouse when you could just pop the seed in the ground? Well, the, one of the reasons Charles does this is so that he doesn't have to disturb the soil that much. So instead of hoeing a whole line over and over again in your soil – Instead, he just takes a little dibbler, pokes a hole, and pops the little plug-in with the plant in it. Mm -hmm. But then he employs this multi-sowing technique where for vegetables like beets, like you do, radishes, turnips, onions, scallions, leeks, he just does, you know, four or five seeds in a plug, lets it grow as a cluster, and then transplants the whole cluster. So... We transplanted out a bunch of stuff this week. We did our onions, all of our onions, and we grow like a thousand onions. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Which is when you're talking about transplanting those one by one. It's horrible. It's a thankless job. You just have to put a book in your earbuds and just get down there. Yeah. I'm. But then you stand up and you're like, oh, oh, it's awful. It's so hard on your body. Yeah. And there's like, like if you've if you have no idea what we're talking about, when you start onions indoors and then it's time to plant them, it is like, hey, here's some grass. Now pluck out yeah. each one with your little fingers and individually plant blades of grass. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it's yeah. like. So we transplanted out both our purple storage onions and our yellow storage. Oh, onions. you skunk! So that's so early. This is about. <laughs> I know. This is about 750 onions, mm-hmm. and we had them done in 30 minutes because it was as long as it took my baguettes to bake. 30 minutes. So I 
a lot of people are, you know, if you are a gardener and you've never done it this way, you're thinking, well, what about thinning out? Do you want to just like unpack that Mm -hmm. concept for Mm -hmm. them? Yeah. Um, Well, first off, let me talk about why we would do that in the first place with things like we talked about not disturbing the soil, but turns out it's really enjoyable to transplant things. We like to do that. It's more exciting than just putting a seed in the ground mm-hmm. because I do not like you, planting you seeds instantly at see all. It. I don't enjoy it. I, I don't like it either. In fact, I just started all my zinnias in trays, which I've never done. I've always direct sown them, mm-hmm. but now the gardens are getting filled in. And I'm like, am I just supposed to magically know where these should go, even though like other stuff hasn't grown in yeah. yet? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where to plant those seeds right now. With those multi-layer, you know, with the zinnias that are... Roll with the full head. Yeah. Um, just be when you do plant them out, be really yeah. careful with the roots because the roots that does like affect the fullness of the flower on some of those varieties. Okay. They then okay. they kind of just peter out and they just have like one ring of petals if the roots get uh Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, one way around this, I actually talk about this in my I think I talk about this in one of my YouTube videos. I can't remember, but mm. I've learned to when you put soil into a cell tray to to plant things you know how we're told like don't squish it it needs air yeah it needs air but if you're using a good comp planting medium mm-hmm. if you're using a good compost there's air in there like you need to like get in there and pack it in i mash mine down i soak it i mash it yeah yeah because otherwise it's it like nice and tight yeah. right mm-hmm. so that way when you pull like let's say a zinnia out the plug comes out mm-hmm. so that the roots, they're all in their nice little package. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you don't pack the soil enough, even if it has nice root development, you go to take it out, you just end up with bare roots. Right. And they don't come as with their little soil already in their little structure. So you're going to go through a transplant shock when that happens. Um, okay. So thinning out with cluster planting Essentially, instead of planting things in a straight line, you plant them in these little clusters arranged to your liking. I usually like alternate. So I do like three clusters across the bed and then two and then three and then two. And then, you know, so it gives a nice little Mm -hmm. staggered pattern. Patrons, you're welcome for all the hand gestures today. (laughs) I'm really letting them fly. So essentially then what happens is that the vegetables just sort of grow out instead of in because in there's resistance. So let's say there's a cluster of five beets. Well, if the beet tried to grow in, it would hit the other beets. So instead it just grows out. And I wouldn't have believed this had I not seen Charles Dowding on YouTube do video after video after video proving me wrong. Uh And he would grow things in lines and then he would grow things in clusters. And he's like, look at the size difference. Here's the harvest. Here's how much I got from this onion bed. Here's how much I got from this onion bed. And finally, after like a month, I was like, okay, I submit to this idea. <laughs> I under, I understand it. Um, so that has been a game changer. So you are game changer at this point. Cause you're a few weeks ahead of me. You're taking, you're taking your beat from the cell tray, that cluster. Mm-hmm. And that's your, that's what you're um, doing your stagger pattern with. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. So and so instead of planting uh transplanting individual plants, I am transplanting a plug, which is way easier than handling teeny tiny plants of any kind. Yeah. That's I'm excited because I I'm 
following suit. And I've when my beats, I've always just done a couple in each plug, but now I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, four or five in each one, kind of yep. moving some to the edges. But it's true because um the Chicago Botanic Gardens is just one of my favorite places and they have a potage uh feature and they I remember seeing this is um their beats and like they they are going out like you said yeah there's like a happy little family and again with the hand yeah. motions they're going out this way <laughs> yeah. um charles is like it's happy because it's with all its friends mm-hmm. you know and plants i mean this sounds silly but they do communicate and they do build these incredible little root tunnels and like there is a an entire symbiosis going on there that we don't understand um i actually kissed my plants when I was transplanting them, I was like, you sweet little cabbages, you sweet little things. Mwah, mwah, mwah. And Georgia was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, Georgia, if you talk nice to things, they respond. That's true for animals. That's true for plants. You can look this up. It's scientifically proven. They like classical music and they like to be talked to nicely. <laughs> and also children, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> turns out. Um So one other reason that I'm transplanting things like radishes and spinach and arugula stuff I would have direct sown is that seed is unreliable. Yeah. And if you're getting it from a company, even a reputable company, guess what? Sometimes you get some old stuff or sometimes maybe if you haven't stored it well, Mm -hmm. it's not going to germinate. I did a whole tray of spinach. I used some old seed, some new seed, and I got germination rates all over the board, especially with the old stuff. I mean, it almost didn't germinate at all. And I thought if I would have devoted a row to this in my garden, I just would have been very sad. Whereas now I can see it, I can replant it, and I can make my garden as full as possible Mm -hmm. with all these plugs that I know are healthy and strong and germinated. Yeah. Nothing, you know, a lot of what I'm doing in the potager is like artistic, you know, there's curves and there's designs to what I'm doing and nothing infuriates me as much as where there'll be like a six inch gap where yeah. nothing grows. Like, ah, I yes. hate that. <laughs> and I waited like how many weeks to see if that, like I would right. have planted some more seeds had I, had I known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're trying in any way to make your garden aesthetically pleasing, this is the way to go. You just have way more control. Yeah. You have way more control over over it. And it's just very, very helpful. It's made it such a relief, too. To It's easy enough to go into the greenhouse and plant things on, and it's easy enough to poke a hole in the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we're coupling that with – I know I keep talking about this. I can't help it, you guys. I'm sorry. It's a gardening episode. Hey, will you take a picture of April, please, and send it to me? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Angela's holding up the Charles Dowding sewing calendar, which I can pretty much follow to a T, and I cannot find mine anywhere. It was like my baby. I took it everywhere with me, and now it's lost. I lost my baby. I have to do my – I have to adjust – like I have to jump yes. back like three to four weeks to follow you his. Could, um, yeah. So sure. Charles Downing is who we're talking about. And we'll put that in the show notes. I'll lean forward. I'm too far away from my mic. Hang on. Um, we will put that in the show notes. I was just going to say something about him. Oh, he's 
uh, along with this cluster planting, he's pretty popular for his no dig method, um, mm-hmm. which is just kind of taking the whole idea, I think, even further. You know, we kind of started with the. Um, oh, my goodness. Fork. What's the tool? The broad fork, you know, to to lessen this disturbance of microbes in the soil. And yep. this is just taking yep. that that even further. Um, so I am. Taking a few beds. I don't have, I'm not going to be making any new beds that I know of this year because mm-hmm. I've got a pond mm-hmm. project and a greenhouse I want to build. But I am taking some of a few my small things, just a few things, just nothing big. Uh, taking some of my rattier beds and um, kind of starting fresh, putting down cardboard. I just hit the jack. We get a lot of cardboard here with the Azure grocery mm-hmm. order and things like that. But, um, friends with the local hardware store and they said I have full permission to dumpster dive, which I happily Great. did the other day, brought home a ton of cardboard, uh, tossed my children in there and they handed it out to me. It was wonderful. However, la- where I we're still paying for last year. Like last year, everybody decided to be a homesteader and a gardener and, you know, we sold out of seeds, sold out of this. Well, this is such a small community and resources are so small. Um, there's no compost. Like, oh, <laughs> and I, I mean, I have a farm, but it's not enough to do what I need it's to not do, enough. nor is it broke. It yeah. might be enough to, if I was going to till it in and zhuzh it around a little bit, but it's not broken down. It's not resembling soil. You know, I've got different yeah. bins. I've got one for my chickens, one for my goats, one for the cow, but it's not. It would yeah. help the soil, but it's nothing I would want to plant in. You know, it yeah. doesn't look like soil. And like I went to my best resource the other day and I was like, hey, I need some compost. He's like, you're not going to find any up here. <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh, I mean, the other day oh. I actually bought 10 bags at the hardware store because I just wanted to do something and I just wanted to do it now. It was $100 and it covered one little bed. And um, look at my face. The sun is coming out. <laughs> I'm like, oh my it's getting brighter and brighter in here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm kind of screwed. <laughs> I'm going to have to get creative. I don't know what yeah. to do. I, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got know. just cardboard every out, everywhere mm-hmm. out there, two by fours mm-hmm. laying on it and nothing to Ugh. cover it at this point. Dang. Yeah. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> As she walks away, she's given up. I got to turn my the light end. down. I was looking like <laughs> Casper. Scary. Mm. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about the value. So my friend Molly is, a. Um, she raises beef and she has a, huge ranch that she manages. She's incredible. She's involved in all the things because she understands how range management works and fire management of land works. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she's no joke. I love this lady. I love knowledgeable people. So she's just just beautiful. She is. Mm -hmm. And she's tough. I mean, she's a hundred times tougher than I could ever be. And uh, anyway, so she had started some plants in her house. She had a beautiful tray of lettuces that she's been tending and something came in and ate them. She thought it was a bug. I told her I thought it was a mouse because 
That's what rodents do. They cannot resist lettuce and peas. And young. Young peas. They'll dig them out of the ground. Like a just germinated Mm -hmm. pea seed is mouse crack. Oh, just like Beatrix Potter. Just read Beatrix Potter. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so Molly was saying, look, I've been tending this lettuce for six weeks. It's as protected as it could possibly be. Mm -hmm. I still lose. Like, I'm the one who loses in this situation. And she was really encouraging people to just, not everybody's going to be a farmer, and they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be a homesteader. Not everyone's going to be a cook. Like, you don't, I'm not saying anybody, you have to even be a gardener of any kind. Yeah. But her encouragement was like, look, if people put their hand to one thing, if they tried to grow one tomato plant, or if they decided that this year they were going to have a small little herb basket on their apartment shelf or Whatever it may be, she's like, you would have such a greater appreciation for the natural world Mm -hmm. and for farmers Mm -hmm. who actually do it. There is a reason that agriculture became what it is. Yeah. And it's because growing shiz is hard. It's hard. Like, it's so hard. And all of your work can be undone in a hailstorm, a windstorm, a freeze some sort of pest, like it's all done. Once my grandparents, uh, my grandpa was a row crop. First, he started with pigs, then he was a dairy farmer, and then switched to row crops, farmed a thousand acres. One year, they replanted beans four times. Five children replanting beans four times. Can you imagine that? Well, that stress? probably ate his whole profit. Can you imagine with all those seeds? I'm just like, yeah, it yeah. does. It, it it takes a certain kind of person, but. It's like a, it's kind of twofolded. Yeah. Um, I would say like know thyself, but then we are always saying to learn new things. Don't limit yourself either. But I think a great example is my sister. Um, she is, she knows herself. She's straight up said to me, I do not, I do not want to work as hard as you do. Cause like, (laughs) as far as the garden, you know, I'm out there like, yeah, just loving it from six in the morning. I fall in bed at night crumbling. You know, I don't care. I love it. But she knows that she wants to make salsa. Uh-huh. That's what's important to her. Salsa and salads. Mm-hmm. So she grows peppers, tomatoes, cilantro. Like she grows those few things. Yeah. That's what she's good at. Yep. That's where she wants to be right now. And and that way, you know, you're not because it's so easy just to try to take on everything. You get that fervor. Right. Spring fervor. You go a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and, it, but um, being in that, uh, exposing yourself to it, which I think a lot of people did last year for the first mm-hmm. time, um, it does. It gives you a real connection to nature if you've never had one and an mm-hmm. appreciation for what what people mean when they say little, you know, catchy, trendy farm to table or sustainable or, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. You start connecting the dots. Oh, this is actually mm-hmm. like really difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember the first time I grew cilantro, and again, I know so much more now, but the first time I grew it, I just planted seeds, and it grew, and then it bolted like 12 hours later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being like, I don't understand this, so I was trying to troubleshoot. Okay, now I'm going to pinch it back, and I'm going to try this, and I would go to the grocery store and see these just lush, leafy bunches of cilantro, and I was like, tell me your secrets. Whoever grew this is a magician. (laughs) And in fact, the very, very first vegetable I ever grew 
and I ever harvested was a radish. Stu and I had just gotten married and I was so proud of myself because I put in this teeny little garden and I grew radishes. So I pulled up a radish and I cut it in half because this is going to be our very first bite of homegrown food. And there was a gigantic worm inside. Yes. And I was just like, all right, game on. Here we go. (laughs) I accept your challenge. (laughs) I shall now spend the rest of my life (laughs) trying to get it right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. People react differently to challenges. (laughs) I'm more of a punch it in the face kind of a person, turns out. Um, But yes, whatever gardening looks like for you guys, I hope that it's bringing you joy. I mean, people choose to spend their life in so many different Mm -hmm. ways. And a lot of times, actually, we just got asked this the other day, like, oh, what are your summer plants? I was like, I don't understand that question. (laughs) Does I'm going to sit by my pond and like look for frogs. I'm going to watch the robins take baths. I'm going to be out in the garden Right. Schlopping away every day. Like what what else would I possibly want to do? <laughs> yeah. It's um Joel says building those like, little what pieces. are we gonna do? Watch TV? No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Be outside. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What else do you have to do with your life? Honestly. <laughs> we after a big long day, we will look at each other and go like, wait. What does everyone do with their free time? It must be amazing. I mean, not that we're not enjoying oh, yeah. ourselves, but when you get to the point where you're, you're, it's a full time job out there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. again, not complaining, but you turn around and go, "Wow, yep, are people? What are they doing? That's a I lot of extra I time." I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know that people have all kinds of beautiful hobbies and I'm glad for it as long as they're putting their hand to something and not just shriveling up on the couch and dying. Don't do that. Um, Yeah. I had something to say on that and Hmm. I forgot it. Oh, I was going to say, you put in all this work now, you problem solve now, you put the, the book work in as it were, gaining knowledge, and then you pull a harvest in. You get to make homemade salsa, Mm -hmm. Right. Or you get to put homegrown cilantro on your tacos. Yeah. Whatever it is. And it's totally, it's like childbirth. You don't remember it because you got the baby. It's so worth it. And it's such a, um, it's just a constant, you know, we just live in a bigger, better, faster society, obviously. And it's just such a constant reminder each time you enjoy something from your garden to the small moments are where it's at. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, you know, you're four weeks, a good four weeks ahead of me in the garden. And I'm just right now, like, harvesting microgreens. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I grew a ton of them. And it's just such a pleasure. It makes the family so happy. We have an overabundance of eggs. We're getting about 30 eggs a day. And we just have feta and we cut the radish greens, mm-hmm. fried egg. And it's like, oh, this is so fabulous. Good. This is decadence Mm. this is incredible it's just this little small moment but it does it makes you just forget yep everything it took to get to to that it's so good and i if you probably if you're a gardener already you've probably listened to this if not you probably bailed out a long time ago on this episode but i will just say too for those of you who struggle with focus anxiety Mm -hmm. just an overworking mind an overburdened spirit Time in the garden, really, Mm -hmm. it really, 
does help. Yeah. It works wonders for the mind. So, yes, you know, put that in your back pocket, even if it's a small little. The, that small is the unseen garden. harvest for sure. Is oh, the, what so it does much for the mind. So. So much so. Uh, sometimes I listen to stuff. A lot of times I just put music on the speaker because having things in my ears, like when you're bent over and the earbuds falling out makes me a little crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I do love to listen to Outlander while I'm out there, but sometimes I just want the silence. Like mm-hmm. I want to hear the gravel. I want to hear the birds. I want to hear the frogs. Like I want to just be fully mm-hmm. in it, yeah. you know, all the way. So now it's going to be really hard to do the rest of the week because, like, I don't know, somebody has to teach my kids how to read. I'm like, let's read plant labels. (laughs) (laughs) We are almost done. My kids, they've been doubling up like crazy since January. We're almost done. So we'll talk about that. That's good. Yeah. Yes. Okay, ladies. Get out in the garden. Go Go get get some sunshine. Uh, Yes. Do follow us on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast. We would love to see you over there. A huge thank you to all of our patrons who continue to make Homemaker Chic possible. We would love for you to join us. Show your love to the podcast for just $10 a month. It helps keep us on the air, as it were. Patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. No, Homemaker Chic. Nope, no. Homemaker Chic Homemaker Chic Podcast. (laughs) You got it. The end. And do show some love to our sponsors, oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. Go get in on the spring issue and americanblossomlinens.com. Use the coupon code homemakerchic 20 And we will see you guys back here on, on Thursday. Thursday. The Cheers. end. Cheers. Cheers.